Welcome to Spider-Verse Minute, the tri-weekly podcast where we watch Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse one minute at a time. I'm Caroline Slater. And I'm her brother, Sean. And today we are discussing Minute 62. It starts with Miles showing Peter the spider cape and ends a minute later with Penny greeting the other spiders, people. What did you end up titling this minute? All the spider people. Yeah, we do get the get the beginning of the introduction of the remaining cast of characters. We also get my favorite line in the whole movie, which we will get to when we get to there. <laughs> Ooh, foreshadowing. <laughs> but it is it is my favorite line in the whole movie. I will say it is said by Spider Noir. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's, I try to quote it daily. The minute opens with Miles nodding at the cape. And I think this is a cape. Yeah, and pointing out like, "Hey, I could have worn this," but like, I totally could have worn the cape. I think this would have been a a bad one to emulate. We kind of glossed over it last minute, but this cape was worn by a Peter that uh, is able to save his uncle Ben, but then goes on and like doesn't learn his lesson of like doesn't become a superhero and doesn't learn his lesson of. <laughs> you know great power and great responsibility so he just becomes a giant jerk um, <laughs> and so i think there's you know better role models that peter can look up or that miles can look up to oh definitely that the the version of peter that spawned that cape however i will say the cape's kind of a cool look <laughs> it's got a very vampire look it does i think that's why i like it <laughs> yeah like a spider dracula I love the look that Gwen see that Gwen gives as she recognizes like the relationship that Peter and Miles have. Yeah. I, why do you? Th- I'm I'm, I'm kind of curious. Um, why do you think they put that shot in of Gwen? Uh, I think it, it to help the audience sort of to show that she is starting to understand them a bit more because so far she's kind of seemed to be fed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's been she's been very guarded around them. Yeah, and this is sort of her like, and with the way Miles uh, talked about like, hey, you can be my friend. Mm-hmm. This is sort of like a little uh, crack in her armor. She's got a sort of sad look, so mm-hmm. um, it's kind of it feels like it's her like starting to want that and realizing like, oh, I might be able to be friends with these people mm-hmm. because they're also superheroes like they're in almost this exact same boat as me yeah yeah i had a similar take i just wanted to get your take on it as well because i never really thought about it before the thing i'm like why do you think they put that (laughs) yeah it's also just you know a way to humanize the characters yeah i think it's a great way to humanize all three of them like now we we've seen miles and peter humanized quite a few times in this but this is nice like now there's a trio and it's nice to see that they're all kind of together on this. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's we still like you know pretty recently just got her introduction mm-hmm. um, as Spider Gwen. Like I know she was technically introduced a while ago, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's it, we really just got her real person introduced, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's just building on top of that. Yeah, and helping build that character up. Yeah, I thought so. I just. Thought it was a it was a cool little moment and like they didn't have to put it in there and I'm glad they did. It's also a great job because no lines are spoken mm-hmm. really between the the looks. 
like once Miles sort of says his, I think this is a cape. Like after that, it's just silent. Yeah. Uh, or there's no dialogue between the three of them. Yeah. And just like they do a really good job of capturing the facial expressions. Yeah. Then uh, moving on, we see Miles standing in front of the Spider-Man suit uh, of this universe. Yeah. And I think we kind of talked about it a little bit in a previous minute. I can't remember. Yeah, I think we touched on it when we were talking about the, just very briefly because it was still in the future, but uh, when... The playing with perspective, I think. The perspective and the great expectations. Yeah, because we talked about it a few times, and this is such a a great moment, but of Miles, the perspective they do here of making Miles look so small standing in front of the Spider-Man suit and him having to physically look up at it and his eyes not matching and the reflection they use to show like you can see the worry and like the fear in his face yeah and he still has to fill like instead of filling Peter's shoes he has to fill Peter's suit yeah and it really is like just a small child looking up to something and it's such a it's such a great symbolic uh scene right there that i i love so much and it's yeah it's a nice bit of symbolism and foreshadowing mixed in to when he does fill the suit yeah and it's also very somber because i also feel like it kind of doubles up as sort of a moment of like Pete, uh, not Peter, uh, of Miles finally kind of getting to process exactly what he saw for the first time. Or, like, the reality of it finally, like, hitting him for the first time because he's been through so much. Like, he hasn't, I don't know how much of it he's actually been able to fully process. Yeah, it's been pretty, like, especially once he found out, like, oh, it's the end of the world from the lab. Like, it's been mm-hmm. pretty much nonstop. I mean, that was only a couple hours ago that he found that out, so... This is sort of the first chance, you know, he probably had a chance to breathe a bit from the bus ride, but depending on how long of a ride it was, like, uh, he still might have just been all, like, hopped up on adrenaline with that. And now it's finally, like, starting to die down. And Yeah. This also could be uh, a similar take I had is also this could it just be the first time he's really, like, maybe not reality him, but him thinking back to it. Like, he kind of thought back yeah. to it. Uh, when they were at Alchemex and he went back into the lab. But I think this is really the first time that he's truly, like, really just thinking back what had happened on what he saw. Does it make sense? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just it's such a good moment with many layers, and it's very heavy, and it's another beautiful moment of no dialogue, nothing being said, of just music and visuals. And he just nails it. Yeah. And then they walk over to the villain map, showing the different people that Peter was trying to connect to Kingpin and how it was all related. I love that when they're walking over, uh, Aunt May is talking, and like she brings up the fact that like Peter knew it was dangerous, um, but he did it anyway. Like I think it just kind of tells the audience a little more just like how seriously this Peter took that with great power comes great responsibility in a way. He felt he was the only one to be able to stop Kingpin, so... Like, he had that power to do it, and so he felt he was responsible to do it. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, and we see, you know, some familiar faces on the map. Um, in the center is obviously Kingpin. Mm-hmm. And then above him, we see Prowler. 
Mm-hmm. And then off to the left, we see Tombstone. Which I just want to point out, I love how Tombstone's photo is in black and white, but Kingpin and Prowler are in color. Yeah. I don't know why, I just And it's also a Polaroid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this looks like a Polaroid. It's, um, it's just, there's some amusement in that, I'm like, heh. <laughs> but above Tombstone, we get a picture of three guys, and mm-hmm. these are three members of the group the enforcers which um include well so the enforcers were first introduced in amazing spider-man 10 in 1964 so they're one of the earlier like kind of bad guy groups but these three pick the the three in the picture from left to right is are the ox fancy dan and hammer harrison i think I, i wasn't able to find like an exact like anything specifically saying that or Mm -hmm. an exact picture but they seemed closest to those three characters yeah um the axe was pretty easy because he's just kind of big yeah i I like the name fancy dan (laughs) yeah (laughs) i kind of want to know how he got that name to be honest (laughs) because he dresses fancy and his name is dan well yeah maybe he also like he attacks fancily like who knows (laughs) maybe and then the fourth member of the group is Snake Marston, who I think is supposed to be the mugshot uh, to the right of Kingpin. Oh, maybe. But it's also like, because these are done in sort of the Spider-Verse style, mm-hmm. um, it's a bit tricky lining up like what their comic characters look like yeah. just based off of the heads. But I think like the snake has a sort of widow's peak, as does that mugshot, so I'm leaning okay. into that. We also see to the bottom right of Kingpin is the character The Rose. And in the comics, The Rose is actually Richard Fisk, Kingpin's son. So maybe Kingpin doesn't know who that is. And his son survived the car accident and is like trying to infiltrate him like he blames his dad. And so he's trying to infiltrate his organization to take him down. Or it's somebody else different. (laughs) Could just be somebody different in this universe. Yeah, but the rose first appeared in 1970. That's like the, this is a a total side note, but that's like the, um, when the Teen Titans animated show was out. Yeah. And everyone was questioning who uh, Red X was. Uh, Yeah. And the theory was that it was, um, an earlier Robin. Like before Dick? Yeah. Because yeah. I forget, because I forget, which Robin do they say is in, is, is the, that Robin in that show? It's pretty much Dick Grayson. It, yeah. It's not a hundred percent, like, there's, they kind of pull some things from the other character, like, from um, the other two, but they pretty much do, in one of the episodes when they go to the future, that Robin turns into Nightwing. Um, so, that like, was a season one episode, and yeah. they went that heavy. <laughs> um, that show. Anyway. But yeah, I remember when Red X was around, they're like, but, like, okay, so who is he? And they were, like, pulling all of these alternate Robins to be him. Yeah. And it's like, okay, what if it's not a Robin, guys? And I'm like, no, it's gotta be a Robin. It's like, okay, then. <laughs> yeah, I think the only reason people thought it was a Robin because it was Robin. Still love it. Anyway. And then it looks like two members of the Blue Man group are also implicated on the top <laughs> left. There's also another character, like, pasted over or not paste but like hung over top of them that i wasn't able to figure out who that was mm-hmm. and so 
you know, maybe it's their manager. Um, they're, <laughs> like maybe, you know, this universe has the, the red man group. So maybe the blue man group is like a cheap knockoff criminal band front for the, for that. Oh, okay. Maybe. I see maybe where the, you're going. the blue men, instead of turning to a life of music, they turn to a life of crime. Crime. <laughs> they use they use pipes and other household objects to to rob banks. Yeah. <laughs> I like how then uh, Moss is like, Kingpin's going to be expecting us. We're going to be outnumbered, and I love the way Aunt May is like, "Don't be too sure. You're probably going to need these enhanced name tags." Yeah, except so she hands out three name tags, but only two pens. Like yeah, but they're blue on. and red sh- pens, so I'm yeah, okay with this. But there should be at least a third, maybe black pen. Like Spider-Man maybe. has a decent number of black suits in there. True, true. Maybe she, maybe those were the only two pens working. Maybe, but I, I feel like you know it's always kind of awkward being that third person just standing there waiting for the pen. Yeah, and then I like how. <laughs> When they turn around, you hear her saying, did you really think you were the only people to to think of coming here? Yeah. And then that's when we get such a cool shot of three glowing eyes, and you get the silhouette. Four. Four sets of glowing eyes. Four sets of glowing eyes, you're right. But the, you also get, like, the silhouettes of the, of the characters. Yeah. Um, Penn's robot is the clearest silhouette. Yeah, Penny's. Penny's robot? I don't know why I said Penn's. <laughs> And I'm like, so does just everyone have Aunt May? <laughs> well, I think they all came and saw that Peter died and like, oh, that was Spider-Man. Let's go to him. Oh, maybe. So it was like, that was probably just the first thing they went to go check was like, if this Peter left anything behind. Maybe, maybe. And then we get to my favorite character and my favorite line. First off, my favorite character, Spider-Noir. Yeah. Voiced by Nicolas Cage. Which is such a great choice. We'll get to that. I love yeah. how he like tips his hat and his his trench coat is just flowing in the wind. And the first two things that come out of Miles and Peter's mouth is Miles goes, Is is he in black and white? Where is that wind coming from? We're in a basement. Yeah, I kind of like how they um they sort of touched on some of those tropes where mm-hmm. it's like oh, like, noir stuff just kind of happens. And then, but my favorite thing, those aren't my favorite lines. My favorite line is his response to them, which is, wherever I go, the wind follows, and the wind smells like rain. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite line in the whole movie. I cannot do it justice. But I love that line. I don't know why, I just do Everything about yeah, it is perfect. He he's very overdramatic and yeah. melodramatic and yeah. And I love it. Yeah, he so some backstory on Spider Man Noir is he first appeared in February two thousand nine where he had a four issue miniseries just titled Spider Man Noir. So <laughs> he appeared in the first issue of that. Um, I think we had touched on it before, but he's from Earth nine zero two one four, and like you said, he's voiced by Nick Cage. Um, and then the other character we get is introduced to today is Penny Parker, mm-hmm. and she says, "Hi guys, Kanichiwa." 
and then some other Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> Just not going to attempt it, huh? No, I'm not going to attempt it. But that, that other Japanese kind of roughly-ish translates to, like, well, the Konnichiwa translates to hello. Mm. I like how she goes, hey guys, hello, pretty much. Yeah, which always seems to be pretty common in, like, when bilingual characters say something in movies and TV. They always say hi and then, like, hello in their native language or the other way around. Like, they always duplicate that line. Yeah, it definitely feels like, especially an anime trope to me. Yeah. And because she is animated and drawn in that, that anime style, I think that's kind of why they did it. Yeah. Which <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm okay with it. But then the rest of her line just translates to uh, roughly, like, pleased to meet you, how are you? Mm. Kind of-ish. It's not an exact translation. It's hard to do an exact yeah. translation, but that's the general gist of it. It's just a, a greeting, and, and we'll talk more about her on Friday's Minute. Mm -hmm. Was there anything else you wanted to cover, or shall we jump into talking about uh, Nick Cage and his acting background? And his, all, his, all his Nick Cage glory? Yes. Go ahead and start talking about Nick Cage, because that's all I had. <laughs> okay. So he first... Uh, his first acting credit is in Fast Times at uh, Ridgemount High in 1982. I forget he was in that all the time. Part of the reason is because he, was, he wasn't credited as Nick Cage at that point. Um, mm. He was still credited as um, his real name, which was Nicholas Coppola. Okay. Yeah, and then his first like critically acclaimed movies uh, were Rumblefish and Valley Girl in 1983. And that he was credited as Nick Cage. And he, like, switched his name from Coppola to Cage to try to, like, distance himself from the name. To try to just, mm -hmm. not just ride in the coattails of his family's name. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. And then he got his sort of mainstream success with Leaving Las Vegas in 1995. Where he won an Academy Award, a Golden Globe, and a Screen Actors Guild Award. And then got real, like, took off in the mainstream in the mid to late 90s after that with movies like The Rock, Face Off, Con Air, Snake Eyes, and City of Angels. And then, like, the movies I know him from really is are, like, National Treasure, mm -hmm. uh, Kick-Ass, and Ghost Rider. Mm -hmm. But he's got won a bunch of awards, nominated for a bunch of awards, um, and is pretty much known for his, like, schlocky B-films kind of things like you know low budget low mm -hmm. uh, acclaim but have sort of gained a cult following face off seems to be a big one yeah for that uh, i haven't seen it yet but i've seen clips of it and i really want to see it because it looks amazing <laughs> yeah he's been in lots and lots of things usually of uh lower like lower quote-unquote lower budget films they're still you know millions of dollars <laughs> you know, tens of millions of dollars to make but they're not the hundred million dollar like you know, upper yeah yeah a lot of times just seem like ways for him to be able to just like hang out with his friends <laughs> um, i feel that though you know like yeah. once that. you have enough money you can just kind of like, start doing sometimes that. it's just what you gotta do <laughs> i love it though i really do i haven't seen him in enough the stuff i do see him in though i enjoy like i enjoy the yeah. national treasure series is I enjoyed his ghostwriter as well. Yeah, he he is a good actor, and he definitely like can act really well. He does tend to overact, 
And sometimes when people are like, well, that's not realistic. I'm like, I don't know. I've seen some people act like that. <laughs> it's also just kind of a, you need to go in with a certain mindset. Like, you can't yeah. go in expecting to watch The Godfather and watch one yeah. of his films. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that's all we have for today. Join us on Friday where we meet the third character and we get the origin stories for the three of them. See you next time. Bye. Bye.